We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to The Core here on American Family Radio. Glad to have you with us today. If you want to watch the show, we make it available on two different platforms. The AFA at The Core Facebook page, you can watch the show live there. AFA at The Core YouTube channel, you can watch the show live there as well. And then we upload the show video after the show. We upload it to AFA streaming uh, site platform, streaming.afa.net's that URL. And you can go there and watch the show after the fact at your leisure, at your convenience. You can do so. We also have the podcast available wherever you listen to podcasts, including our website, AFR.net. So wherever you listen to podcasts, we uh, make it available for you to download, to subscribe to, and then you can listen at your convenience. So AFR.net or the AFR app, two ways to listen to the show, listen to the audio. So we encourage you to utilize those platforms to keep up with the show. Our scripture for the week, we're in Psalm ch- chapter 16. Psalm chapter 16. Let's uh, look at verse 1 and 2. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. So verse 1 there, David says, Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. So that should be a, a guiding verse for us as well as believers, as the body of Christ. We should petition God to preserve us, and then we should take refuge in God. That's our encouragement for you today on the show. Jumping into some of the stories for today, by the way, we have our Marriage Family Life Conference. We'll talk on more next segment about that. But we have our annual Marriage Family Life Conference coming up in July, July 7 through 9. We're going to have a jam-packed, a content, jam-packed content Conference here in Tupelo, Mississippi at the Bank Corp South Arena. We're going to have a, a conference packed with biblical uh, worldview training, biblical worldview content for you and your family. It's a family-friendly conference. Bring the kids. We encourage you to bring the kids to Tupelo, Mississippi, July 7 through 9. You can register by going to marriagefamilylife.net. That is marriagefamilylife.net. Click on the Register Now button. It'll take you through the process. And uh, it's very, very affordable uh, from a uh, when you run comps or comparisons on other conferences, especially a two-day, two-and-a-half-day conference. Ours is very, very comparable, very uh, affordable, rather. Uh, an adult ticket is $70 for the entire weekend. $70 for the entire weekend. A child, a children ticket, a, a child's ticket is $35 for the entire weekend. 
So adults 70, children 35, and that gets you for the entire conference. That gets you into the entire conference um, there for a very, very affordable price for families around the country. So marriagefamilylife.net is the URL. Marriagefamilylife, all together, .net, marriagefamilylife.net. Our uh, story, I wanted to bring in several of them today, but we uh, look at, or we hear rather, this 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 new, really not new, but this more modern talking point by the Democrats and by the media, and even some Republicans have started adopting this this uh, messaging, this PR public relations messaging, where if you want to defend your actions, pretty much in any scenario, here's what you got to say: All I want to do is defend democracy. I am all about defending democracy. And who can argue against that? Who is going to who is going to take on the political talking point of quote unquote defending democracy? Right? It sounds so pure, so blameless, so righteous. What a virtuous cause to quote defend democracy. And then they flip that as well on their enemies, and they say they're a threat to democracy. Donald J. Trump is a threat to democracy. That's what they say. So that's that's one of the major selling points of if if you don't really know how to defend your position, if you don't really know how to make sense of your policy positions, what do you say? We are defending democracy. They pull it out all the time. Well, one area recently where they've pulled out that slogan or that talking point is in Ukraine. I could pull in the clips of Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden and Kevin McCarthy and others saying, we need to defend Ukrainian democracy. That's what they say. And we, the American people, go, yeah, get them. Defend democracy. <laughs> Even though these are the same people that undermine American democracy. Well, the same folks that are cheering defend democracy in Ukraine, here's a story about their reaction to countries and people, democracies that they don't like. And we're about to blow a hole straight in the narrative, into the narrative of defending democracy on behalf of these globalists. There was an election this past week, or, or this, this week, in Hungary, and the uh, prime minister, the long-running conservative prime minister there, Viktor Orban, he was uh, running against an opposition, a more liberal opposition, a more globalist opposition there in Hungary. And Hungary's been known for their family-friendly traditional values, many biblical values as well. As far as the leader sharing those values, preserving uh, traditional values, God's moral law in Hungary. And so they've been under attack, of course, from the God-haters because they want to bring that, that influence down in Hungary. But Hungary had an election, you know, one of those like, like Democrats have, like democracies have, elections. Well, Orban, uh, Viktor Orban, kept his seat. He maintained his seat as prime minister, 
won the election. Guess who's upset about it? The European Union. I've got this story out of Breitbart. It's titled this. Sore losers. EU set to sanction Hungary after Orban election landslide. So so, so help me make sense of this, even though none of us are going to be able to make sense of it from a rational standpoint. Hungary has an election, a democratic election, where the people get to vote for their leader of their country, their prime minister. They have the election. They do the whole democracy thing. Victor Orban wins, and the European Union heads to sanction Hungary as a country because they don't like the outcome of the election. So much for defending democracy. It's only the democracy when the elections turn out how they want them to. It's only defending democracy when the elections turn out how they want them to. Well, you go over to Ukraine, one of the most corrupt nations on this planet, pretty far from an actual democracy because their elections are messed up, their elections are corrupt, their justice system is corrupt, but Ukraine is a bastion of democracy, the media says, the Democrats say, the Republicans say. Ukraine is a bastion of democracy, a beacon of hope for the West. We have to defend Ukrainian democracy, they say. Bobby's just giggling over here because he sees where this is going, and we all do. Oh, and by the way, he is not a globalist. Hmm. Victor Orban. Yeah. Yeah, he's the opposite of a globalist. He's a nationalist. Exactly. That's right. He's a nationalist, which they hate. They do not like it. They despise it, despite democracy. Okay, that's the point. But you go over to Ukraine, and I pulled this this story. Um, it's called the Borgen Project, B-O-R-G-E-N Project.org. So the Borgen Project or the Borgen Project. And here's a couple facts about corruption in Ukraine, just to set this all in context, all right? According to the Transparency International, according to Transparency International, as of 2018, Ukraine ranked 120 out of 182 in this uh, corporation's perception index, making it the second most corrupt country in all of Europe. A survey from Freedom House also indicated that the level of corruption in Ukraine had only slightly alleviated since the fall of the particularly corrupt Yanukovych presidency in 2014. Uh, Going on to another point about the justice system there. Distrust for the justice system in Ukraine is widespread, according to this report. In fact, Ukraine ranked 101 out of 109 countries in the 2017 Index of Public Integrity. Opinion polls taken in 2016 recorded that only three and five, three to five percent of the population had any trust in the country's justice system. Ukraine took its first steps in this same year, 2016, 
towards judicial improvement with the establishment of a new Supreme Court. But this report goes on to say that this did little to gain public trust, however, as recruitment of the new judicial officials was only halfway transparent. The Public Integrity Council of Ukraine found that 25 out of the 113 new judges were unfit for office. And so I bring all of this up to cause us to, as the Apostle Paul says, to renew our minds. How do we have transformed lives? How do we view the world through a biblical lens? We renew our minds by looking at all of the facts surrounding circumstances and situations. We don't just listen to what CNN says. We don't just listen to the warmongers over at Fox News, that this is all they're covering is Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. But instead, we consume all of the information available, and then we base our opinions based on all of the publicly available information. And all of the publicly available information suggests and leads me to conclude that all of the people claiming that we need to invest hundreds of billions of dollars in American blood to defend Ukraine in the name of defending democracy, all of this information suggests that at best their positions are disingenuous. That's at best. That's giving them the benefit of the doubt that their motives are disingenuous. Because you can't say, we need to defend Ukraine's borders, we need to defend the Ukrainian democracy, and then a month later, Hungary has a free and fair election to elect their prime minister, who is not a globalist, and then the EU is going to sanction Hungary like they're sanctioning Vladimir Putin. So is this really about democracy in Ukraine? Or is this more about the new world order and creating a massive distraction to the terrible policies of the Biden administration? You'd make up your mind. You have all the information. We'll be back in a few minutes. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The verses from Colossians I just quoted are immediately followed by, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. The delusion and deception of humanistic philosophy require its prey to become bitter, entitled, and unthankful. To remain impervious to deception, we must abound in thanksgiving to God. Thanksgiving empowers us to reject the captivity of today's grievance culture. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
Millions of persecuted believers, they're suffering, and they can use your prayers and financial support right now. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International in the country of Zambia, the place where the famous missionary David Livingstone carried out years of ministry. Shadrach is an elder in Ashanti Church. He had word that there was an attack coming one Sunday, and sure enough, 20 radicals showed up in attempt to kill all the Christians gathered for worship in that service, about 200 in number. Now, in self-defense, Shadrach had a handgun. He used it on a man named Ishmael, didn't kill him, but he injured him, but nursed him back to health. He was a livestock farmer, so he took care of the man's livestock. The daughter of that man could not read, could not write, so Shadrach would teach her to read and write using a Bible League program. And I can tell you, in grateful response, the entire family and 80 former radicals have come to place their faith in Jesus Christ. They need Bibles at $5 a Bible. Would you pray about it? And then call 800-YES-WORD. 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 Or give at sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. Judy Goodell and her husband set up a charitable gift annuity through the AFA Foundation. What we love about it is that it represents stewardship principles that we feel strongly about. So we got very, very excited about this opportunity. With a charitable gift annuity through the AFA Foundation, an AFA supporter can guarantee a permanent monthly income, as well as supporting the American Family Association for years to come. We do feel convicted about really praying about all that God has really blessed us with. And so many people we know just want to leave it all to their kids. And we know the danger of that. And so... We just are really just trying to pray through it, and God gave us great confirmation as we prayed that this would be a good use of the Lord's money. Find out if a charitable gift annuity is right for you at 800-326-4543, extension 345, or email foundation at afa.net. AFA at the Core podcast are available at afr.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the core here on American Family Radio. Segment two of the show. In studio with me, probably the quickest introduction he's gotten all year and the quickest one he'll get all year. <laughs> Wesley Wildman is in studio with me. That's all I need. That's all I ask for. I'm not a complicated person. I'm, so not, you, a, I'm you, not a diva. So you don't want me to like do half the segment without you and ignore you being no, here beside me? I don't. You know what? You do whatever you need to do okay. to get this show going because I'm an easy guy. You're easy? Yeah, easy I'm please? easy. I don't like ketchup on my hamburger. Okay. Uh, mm. I don't like a salad. You don't mm. like anything on no, your hamburger, I'm by very, the way. And, and y'all can say uh, whatever you want about that, but I always come back to this. I'm a simple person, okay? Easy Wesley. Yeah, I'm That's easy a, and simple. Easy, easy to please. <laughs> Yeah. Well, next week I'll bring you on and I'll just let you sit here the whole segment. Yeah. And we'll see how easy you are. That'll then. be sufficient. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think the last time you did that, I got I got I got on you pretty good in front you, of everybody in did, live radio. Because I, I think I talked for like a total of two minutes without yeah. introducing you yeah. and you were you were pretty hot Yeah. There. I could feel the heat coming yeah. Yeah. off of you. Hey, uh speaking of introducing people, Wesley, we have a guest with us today. Uh Brian Osborne. He is a speaker and author with Answers in Genesis. Hey uh Brian, welcome to the core. Hey, what's up, guys? Glad to be with you. Hey, Absolutely. we're glad you're here. Hey, Wesley, uh, Brian, um, you are going to be a speaker at our Marriage Family Life Conference coming up in July. So that's one of the main reasons we wanted to have you on the show. Wesley and I have talked a little bit about the conference. We've teased it. Uh, but tell our before we jump into the conference, how to register and how you're going to be there speaking, uh, tell our audience a little bit about your ministry, about your background, and what you're doing right now. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I'm with Answers in Genesis, and we are a biblical authority ministry. And we're basically equipping Christians to defend their faith by standing on God's Word from the beginning. We're showing people the Bible's true about everything, past, present, and future. And we do this in a bunch of different ways. Your listeners might be familiar with the Ark Encounter, the life-size replica of Noah's Ark built in northern Kentucky. That's our ministry who actually built that and runs that. And then we've got the Creation Museum, a sister attraction to that, a 75,000-square-foot walk through biblical history, answering all sorts of questions, doing apologetics, proclaiming the gospel. Um, and then we have speakers and writers and curriculums and all sorts of things we do to really give Christians the answers they need to stand firm on God's Word and be the salt and light God has called them to be. I've been with the ministry for eight years now. Uh, I'm a speaker and writer, so I, do, I travel a lot and I speak a lot, equipping Christians to defend their faith. And then before joining Answers in Genesis, I was a teacher. I taught for 13 years in a public school in Tennessee. I taught Bible history in a public school in Tennessee, a very unique setting. Uh, but then joined Answers in Genesis a little over eight years ago. So for you and what you're going to help us learn at the Marriage Family Life Conference, is that apologetics, apologetics is more than just a classroom informational type uh, ministry in that mm. it actually should be incorporated in the daily in the daily activity of the Christian, is that correct? That's a great way to approach it. Absolutely, uh, you know, apologetics is not for like Navy SEAL Christians. You know, those specially trained and they go in, they debate the atheists. No, apologetics is something all Christians are commanded to do. First Peter three fifteen. Be prepared to give an answer for your faith. Jude one three. Contend earnestly for the faith. And really, what apologetics is, it's just using the Bible, having a biblical worldview, using that biblical worldview to address and answer every issue you come up against. So whether you're talking about gender, origin, sexuality, the transgender issue, you're talking about marriage, we want to use a biblical framework, a biblical worldview built on God's Word to address and give answers on those issues, and then use all those answers built on God's Word to proclaim the answer, Jesus Christ. You know, Brian, I think, uh, I'll say I don't think I know, the work that you guys are doing over at Answers in Genesis is critical because answering theological questions from our children can prove very difficult. And I'll uh, <laughs> tell you a brief story about last night. So my son was uh, singing a song he learned at school about about God keeping his tongue from evil, so not using words in an evil manner. Uh, but instead mm -hmm. using them to honor God. So my son asked me in the vehicle, which is probably one of the worst places to try to give an apologetics course <laughs> as you're trying to dodge red lights and stop at all the stop signs. <laughs> but he says, uh, he says, Dad, what is evil? Because he's singing this song about yep. keeping his tongue from evil, but then he wants to know, mm -hmm. Dad, what is evil? So then we get into yeah. Satan and the devil, and then he... We, we start talking about, well, where did the devil come from? And then we get into the angel rebelling against God. And so anyway, it just opens this door for an apologetics conversation, but not all parents are ready to have that conversation. So what are you experiencing as far as you get parents who are like, okay, let's do this. I want to be equipped to help disciple my children. Uh, how, do, how do parents really dip into that without just getting completely overwhelmed? Yeah, no, I think it's a great question. I, I think there's a couple of ways that parents are going to approach this. And by the way, I'm a parent myself. I've got two kids. My son is eight. My daughter's four. So I'm right there with you. I understand, man, those questions that come up and trying to answer those. And they can be fun and scary at the same time. But as parents, what we want to do first is equip ourselves. Um, and, and not to be 
lecturers on apologetics, but rather really in an authentic way, we equip ourselves to have a biblical worldview. And we equip ourselves to do that by knowing God's Word and studying God's Word and studying different resources to help us understand what God's Word says about particular issues. And so, for example, our ministry, we do tend to focus on giving parents, giving people answers, biblical answers on issues of origins, going back to Genesis. And that's so important because that history in Genesis is under assault in a vehement way in our culture today with the ideas of evolution and billions of years and Big Bang. Those ideas attack biblical history, thus undermining its authority and just discrediting the veracity of the Bible in the minds of people, and especially younger generations, because they're thinking, well, hey, if science has disproved the first part of the Bible, why trust anything else? Mm. And then also all the biblical doctrines that we need to fight against the sexual agenda of our day, the transgender ideology, CRT, all these uh, secular, really at their root, demonic ideologies are infiltrating our culture. How do we fight against those? Well, with biblical doctrines. Which biblical doctrines? The ones that find their root in Genesis. We know there are two genders, going back to Genesis 1 through chapters 3. Mm. No marriage is one man, one woman for life, going back to Genesis chapters 1, 1 and 2. Uh, that history is a foundation for every single biblical doctrine, either directly or indirectly. And so we need to be equipping ourselves, have a biblical worldview, uh, starting from the beginning. And as we equip ourselves, we'll equip our kids. And nobody knows every answer uh, at the same time. Matter of fact, we're all growing in sanctification. So we're going to learn these as we go. But we do the best to be prepared. And as the issues come up, then we take our kids where? Back to the Word of God. What does God's Word say about this issue? And if we don't know, we're going to study with them. All right, hey, let's go in. Let's see what the Bible says about this. Let's find a good biblical commentary. Let's go to a trusted ministry like Answers in Genesis to get an answer about the age of the earth or dinosaurs or even sexual issues and what about climate change and so forth and so on. And they're going to use a biblical worldview. You can latch on to that and then be equipping yourselves and your kids. Uh, one step at a time, to know what you believe and why, root it in God's Word, and that'll help you stand firm and be salt and light in our culture. Well, folks, if you like what you're hearing from Brian, then you're going to want to come to our conference, because that was a three-minute explanation on <laughs> apologetics, but we're going to have an entire conference based on apologetics and teaching and discipling your children. Hey, Brian, God bless you, brother. Keep up the good work at AIG, and we will see you in July. Hey, I am looking forward to it, and I hope to see a lot of your listeners there. You guys take care. All right, thanks, Brian. All right, that's Brian Osborne with Answers in Genesis. He's a speaker and an author with the ministry there, and he will be at our Marriage Family Life Conference in July, July 7 through 9, 2022. MFL 2022 is what it's called at our Marriage Family Life Conference, and you can register. Actually, today's our emphasis day on the network. You can register by going to marriagefamilylife.net marriagefamilylife.net. You can go there and register to um, to attend the conference July 7th through the 9th. As I mentioned last segment, very affordable for yourself, for your family. Go to marriagefamilylife.net. Go ahead and purchase your tickets, plan your travel, go ahead and take off from work, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll see you in uh, July at our conference, Wesley. Yes, and um, uh, again, you'll all, another Part of this that, that I think about when you discuss this opportunity from my position here at AFA is that I'll get to meet you, hmm. that I'll be there, and that in addition to the conference, there will be tons and tons of staff members from AFA that will be at the event from all over, different departments here at AFA, uh, here at AFR, and specifically speaking to the listeners now, you think of the radio programming, you probably think 10, 15 people, a couple people behind the board, a couple people on the radio 
but we've got a massive national ministry here that makes up many different departments. AFR is just a, just a portion of it. So there's tons of staff members that would love to meet you because we are a nonprofit ministry, which is dependent upon listeners, financial supporters like yourself. And we love to meet you because we're real people just like you. We have the same a lot of the same struggles you have. We have a lot of the same victories that you have. Yep. And we're in this together. And so coming together to look across a room full of uh, thousands of, of other Christian believers who are concerned about discipling their family is going to be a beautiful picture. And Wesley, an exciting announcement is we're going to be broadcasting live on that Friday at the conference, July what? 8th. Yes, oh, oh yeah, baby. That's a surprise for me. I didn't know that. Yes, sir. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, if you're lucky. Man, I wish I could have said that was my if, idea. If you're lucky, you'll be on with us. Yeah, if he oh, behaves. Okay. Yeah, between he now behaves, and then. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot. Well, I'm going to tell you what. You don't know this, but I'm, I'm, I'm coming up. I'm doing an underground movement, and I got a lot of people in my corner. <laughs> so you're starting uh, a petition to be petition. on my show on yeah. Friday at the yeah. conference? Oh, yeah. And, and I'm going to get a lot of support. I can already feel it. As long as you don't just get in a coup with Bobby and y'all don't take over the oh, mic. He's part, of my, he's part of my underground movement. All right. It's well, called <laughs> Womb. That's it. That's Marty, it. Marty and I will work on this yeah. after the show. We'll, hey, we'll, th- we'll reestablish my, <laughs> yeah. my rule over the show. That's right. <laughs> hey, uh, Wesley, before we end this segment, there is a blog that posted today mm-hmm. uh, titled Biblical Masculinity, and we're about to make all the God-haters and all the lefties who don't believe in any genders or any sex, uh, they're going to go ballistic over this segment. But we're going to talk about it, Wesley. Give us a glimpse into this blog called Biblical Masculinity that you released today. Yes. So if we remember back, um, the pro- the the I guess the unraveling of, at least in my generation, the last you know, 10 or 15 years, the unraveling of prior to a burger the steps that the lgbtq community have put into put into place that has unraveled to the point now where men can play in women's sports biological men can play in biological women's sports i think back to where i was in my office when we got the 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 verdict so to or i think that's the right yeah, language right. of the burger fail the ruling the ruling of mm-hmm. burger fail we were told now we know better but the other opposing team and those that were in the mushy middle both mm-hmm. were saying, uh, look, live and let live. It's just love. <laughs> and love wins. <laughs> and we knew all along, like, we know this is not going to be long before this is just not enough. This is just a, 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 a legal step for them to abuse. Yes. So the point I'm making or getting to is that it wasn't long after that, which we predicted that men – would then transgenderism would become a major problem. Mm. So which is what we're seeing today. And I predicted this back when I wrote this article that that's what we'd be seeing and that's exactly what we're seeing. So uh that the the men and women's sports is what inspired me to write this because that's wrong. Yes. Okay, biological men playing in bi- biological women's sports is wrong. Yes. And there's no two fronts or there's no way around this. So I answer the question from a biblical perspective on what is biblical masculinity because that matters because there's 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 womanhood and there's manhood. Mm. And the first thing I pointed out is there is a noticeable and biological distinction physically and psychologically between man and woman and that there um and that this is not in any way a bad thing. See 
so many times uh, the oppo- opposition here will say, well, there shouldn't be. There is no difference between men and mm. female. There's no difference. But in reality, not only is there, but it's a beautiful thing because they complement each other. Yeah. Which is why God himself said that it's not good that man be alone. And, and, yeah, and, and, and the wife should be a helper. And when you try to pretend as if there is no difference, to your point, you're actually undermining and insulting yes. men and women. Both, both sides. Yeah, because if you if you if you want to act like men can be women, and there's no importance there, there's no significance, then you're insulting true women. Yep. Because you're saying, well, you don't matter. How you're created doesn't matter. Men can pretend to be just like you. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And just to point out just a few distinctable differences, and there's many, but also men are called to be protectors of the family. Um, and then on the other hand, moms or wives are called to be nurturers or uh, encouragers of the family. Not that they both can't do that uh, to some level, to some degree, but there's an expectation that men have that women don't shouldn't have to carry if yes. the man's doing their job of protecting and providing for their family. And and to your point about protection, nations around the world to this day in the woke era, nations around the world recognize God's created order and God's design for men to be protectors because here's what happens. You saw this in Ukraine. Nobody issues a draft. People don't issue a draft except for Israel and a few other nations. But Ukraine put out an order when Russia invaded for all military-age males to remain in country to fight for their country. Yep. They didn't put out an order for all moms to stay and take up arms to fight. They put out a, an order for men to stay and fight for their country. Why? Because men are physically designed to, with strength to fight. Yeah, and so I what well, and I'm just I'm flying through this article, so there's more here. So if you want to read the whole article, go to afa.net. AFA.net, you can see the article. Walker, I'll conclude with this. I asked the question, how can Christian men defend biblical masculinity? And I, just to simplify and paraphrase it, I said that is for men. The way we defend it, biblical masculinity, is for Christian men to do what Christian men should do. That's Absolutely. how you defend it. That's right. That's you how you what, set an example. You set, then that's the word. You be an example of what we're supposed to be doing. That's how you defend it. Absolutely. And don't Would be you? don't be a shot. Don't be uh, ashamed. Shame. Yep. That's right. Thanks, brother. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, go check out marriagefamilylife.net. That's the website. And Wesley's blog is up on the homepage of afa.net. Is there a difference between men and women? Women? Absolutely. God created it that way. It's nothing that the believer should be ashamed about. I'm a homeschooling mom of four, and all of us listen regularly to American Family because we are an American family. Twice a year for three days at a time, we pause to celebrate how God is using American Family Radio to impact lives. We call it share and it's an opportunity for you to help us continue to make a difference. I just wanted to say thanks for all you do every day. Join us April 19th through the 21st here on listener-supported American Family Radio. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. 
Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. Let's see. If something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. Raising Godly Boys with Mark Hancock. Warning, your son is being targeted. A relentless enemy is trying to entice, trap, and destroy his heart and mind. This enemy hides in the shadows, yet is constantly attacking your son. Who is this enemy? It's pornography. Here's a shocking statistic. The top pornographic website has more visits each day than Netflix, Amazon, and Twitter combined. Don't let pornography destroy your son's heart, mind, and future. Help him develop a solid foundation in Scripture. Remind him that Philippians 4.8 instructs him to think on things that are true, noble, just, and pure. It's a tough world out there, especially for boys. That's why Trail Off USA provides practical resources to help you along the way. Visit Trail Off USA or RaisingGodlyBoys.com to learn about a proven process that is helping transform boys into godly men. Find free resources to help you at RaisingGodlyBoys.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core here on American Family Radio. Well, I told you it would happen and I told you it would continue, and that is the blaming of Vladimir Putin for every single problem in our world. That's where we are now, and it's just what happened in the 2015-2016 election cycle. It was uh, Donald Trump is bad, and Vladimir Putin put installed Donald J. Trump into the White House. Putin, 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 Russia, Russia, Russia. That was the constant pounding narrative from the media conglomerates, from the Democrat Party allies in the media. That's what we got over and over and over again, completely overshadowed much of the Trump presidency. Well, now we're back in the same position. We're back in a similar position where uh, Putin, Putin, Putin is being blamed for every single problem. Uh, when the vast majority of our problems are induced by our own leaders in this country. Well, if you don't believe me, let's listen to this montage. This is clip three. This is the the president plus several Democrats and his spokespersons, uh, spokes uh, uh, women, well, spokesperson Jen Psaki, along with some others uh, from the State Department and other places, saying that Putin, Putin, Putin is the problem with America today. Clip three. Let's listen. War is already hurting American families at the gas pump. We understand Putin's war against the people of Ukraine is causing prices to rise. I'm going to do everything I can to minimize Putin's price hike here at home. 
people are already, already feeling Putin's price hikes at the pump. We have to address the Putin price hike, uh, gas hike. Putin's tax, that's, a, a, that's really Putin's gas hike. That's his gas hike. Uh, we're doing everything we can to minimize the Putin price hike at home. He is uh, doing everything he can to combat Putin's price hike here at home. <laughs> since Putin began his military buildup on Ukrainian borders, just since then, the price of the gas at the pump in America went up 75 cents. Since he started amassing troops earlier this year, uh, the price at the pump has gone up 75 cents. We've seen the price of gas go up at least 75 cents since President Putin lined up troops on the border of Ukraine. Since President Putin uh, began his military buildup on Ukrainian borders, the price of gas at the pump in America has gone up 75 cents. Please don't buy the lie. Please don't waste your money on the lie. But this is this is the new narrative going into the midterms this year, the election cycle. That is going to be the overarching narrative is Russia, Russia, Russia. Never did I think that a that a major political party could get away with blaming a country for all of our problems that is so far away. This isn't Canada, 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 or Mexico, Mexico, Mexico. This is Russia, Russia, Russia. That is geographically so far away. And even from a relations and a trade standpoint, is really not at the top of the list. Russia, Russia, Russia is what they say even though it was the Biden administration that cut off the spigot on American energy production on day one. We talked about it yesterday. Then they cut on Nord Stream 2, which is the major pipeline going between Russia and Germany. Biden cuts that on or grants it approval after Trump had shut it down. And then, furthermore, the Biden administration increases Russian imports into America of energy, of oil, leading up to Putin invading Ukraine. So who's responsible here? I would argue that Joe Biden is more responsible for what's going on domestically as it relates to skyrocketing energy prices, inflation out the wazoo. He is the primary person responsible, not Vladimir Putin thousands of miles away. And let's just say for a minute, for the sake of argument, for the sake of discussion, that Vladimir Putin is to blame for what's going on in America why on earth are we laying so much control and responsibility in the hands of a foreign dictator? Because it's been the same folks that have been in charge for 40 years. Thereabouts, the Clintons, the Bushes, the Obamas, the Bidens, the Pelosi's. They've all been running the country for like 30 to 40 years. So if it is that Vladimir Putin is a big bad man and we've got to take him down and he's the problem or he's the reason for our problems, the source of our problems, 
Why have you guys that have been in charge of this country for 30 years not done anything about Vladimir Putin's influence on this country? And that's playing into the hands of their narrative, of their propaganda, and we know the basis of that is very, very faulty. But the common occurrence, the common theme, is that these folks with the last name of Biden, Bush, Clinton, Pelosi, Schumer, they are the ones that have been around through it all. They've been around through it all. They were there when Ukraine had its nuclear capabilities taken away. Yes, that's right. Clinton, the Clinton administration negotiated because Russia requested it. The Clinton administration negotiated to have Ukraine denuclearized at the request of Putin. Yes, that was Bill Clinton. All right, look it up. Read the documents. It was Obama that allowed Crimea to be invaded and taken over by Putin's troops. And what did Obama do? He sent MREs and blankets. And then when he debated with Mitt Romney during the 2020, 2012 or 2012 election cycle, and when Mitt Romney brought up, as, as terrible as a candidate as Romney was, Romney brought up the fact that Russia is a threat. And what did Obama say? Russia is not a threat. And I could bring in the clip of precisely what he said, but he mocked Romney and said Russia is not a threat. Well, here we are now, and Russia is the threat, so they say. Now Biden gets in charge. By the way, all the while during the Trump administration, Russia is contained. You get to the Biden administration, you get the same old guard in charge. What happens? Russia feels emboldened enough, enough liberty to invade Ukraine and cause untold damage in the nation. All under Biden's watch. So this all happens under Biden. And as I mentioned before, you can't allow tragedy and then claim victory afterwards. You just can't do it. Well, the um, one more clip I want to play before we wrap up the show is Senator Ted Cruz. The gaslighting continues. So as we head into this election cycle, as we head into the midterms and the rest of this presidency, folks, don't forget what's happened. Do not forget what's happened, how the American people have been lied to, and carry this frustration to the ballot box. Carry it to the ballot box. That is the best place it can be used. Clip four. Let's listen to Senator Ted Cruz. The only pipeline in the world that our Democratic colleagues like is a Russian pipeline that benefits Putin. And the war in Ukraine, before the war started, before Putin invaded Ukraine, gasoline prices had already risen 48% before the first tank rolled in. Second, the political solution is to blame the oil companies. Apparently, these big, bad oil companies, they don't want to sell you oil. They're secretly sitting there saying, we don't want any oil, we don't want to sell any. That whole profit stuff, we're not for it. It couldn't be that those nice fellows in the White House enacted policies to cause this to happen. This is world-class gaslighting. Only a political operative would try to sell you something so absurd. There you have it. There you have it. That's Senator Ted Cruz, world-class gaslighting. Couldn't have said it better. Well, if you're watching on YouTube or you're watching on Facebook, good for you. I've got something to show you. 
I have this story. Let's see where it's from real quick. I have this story out of the Daily Mail. Um, and this is from a former CEO talking about, uh, let's so he's a uh, Mr. Putzder, Puzder, P-U-Z-D-E-R. He's former CEO of CKE Restaurants, chairman of the Second Vote Value Investments, Inc., and senior fellow at the American First Policy Institute. Anyway, he puts out this chart to, from, from when showing when consumer price inflation really kicked off. When did the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, when did it begin to spike? The Consumer Price Index is basically the overall gauge for consumer prices and inflation related to such. What you're going to hear in the midterms is that Vladimir Putin is responsible for inflation. Not just gas prices, everything. Your grocery bill is going up because of Russia, Russia, Russia. That's what they say, even though America is one of the are the largest producer of food in the world. And we're blaming Russia for the price of groceries going up? Okay, I know. Ukraine does produce some food, and guess who else produces fertilizer? <laughs> Russia. Guess who buys Russian fertilizer? America. Hmm. Separate topic, separate day. But the CPI, Consumer Price Index, when did it spike? Hmm. After Russia invaded Ukraine? No. Eh. We need a little buzzer, Bobby. <laughs> the uh, spike occurred in January of 2021. Hmm. What happened in January of 2021? Joe Biden was sworn into office, and he signed a $1.9 trillion quote-unquote COVID relief package, which his own Department of Justice has come out with a report, the Inspector General, and called that legislation some of the most corrupt and fraudulent legislation in American history because of the little, if any, checks and balances as it relates to all of that money. The Inspector General came out and said, this was the worst thing I've seen as far as there was, there was little accountability as to where all the quote-unquote COVID relief money went. And we've all seen the stories of the FBI busting people who got millions in COVID relief money through these shady shell corporations. Um, so that's, that's, that's coming out of the Biden Department of Justice, announcing that all that COVID relief money, much of it uh, went overseas to other countries, much of it went to foreign corporations, and much of it was used uh, for wasteful purposes. So... Uh, not only did we get a spike in inflation from it, uh, but we also got a lot of wasted American taxpayer dollars uh, that went out all across the country. The last story I want to bring up is the one, well, I got two, well, one encouraging story. I thought you're going to like this if you ever watched the Masters Golf Tournament. The um, Tiger Woods, you know, he had that mm. terrible car crash. He's looking good, though. Tiger Woods puts this out, and this is, this is true celebrity fashion talk. Instead of giving us a straight answer, when questioned as to whether Tiger Woods is going to play in the Masters, he says, as of right now, I feel like I am going to play. So we might all see Tiger Woods at the Masters, Bobby. That would be cool. Coming back That'd out of cool. his his injury that many people thought, Bobby, he wasn't going to come back. I, I never would have thought he would have come back. Yeah, I mean, his, pretty, his knee was pretty drastic. Yeah, yeah, his knee had to be rebuilt, Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
So it's, it was. It's a grueling four days, though. That that is not an easy course to play, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he fares. But everybody wants him wants him to be there. But he says it's going to be a last minute decision. Yeah, and remember his uh, Masters where, and he he went into a playoff round, I believe, this year. This is years ago, but he he had the knee issue. Like an ACL or an MCL, one of his CLs on his leg was torn. Yes, and he walked. He kept going, kept playing, and then of course he had surgery after that. Um, but he's he's played with injuries before. Yeah, he was a younger man then. He you was. Know, he that's was. true. So we could see Tiger Woods back at the Masters this year. So Love we'll, to see it. That's coming up very very soon. Um, one more story that we'll end on, uh, which I think is an encouraging story as well. Here's the headline from Axios. dot com. America's internet is splitting along party lines. New investments flooding partisan media platforms are starting to restructure America's internet business around the nation's deepening political divide. Why it matters, they say. For years, internet theorists have warned of the splinternet, they called it, a breakup of the global internet into regions governed by different rules and laws. Something like that is now starting to happen within the U.S., splitting the online world into red and blue sectors. Well, this doesn't surprise me, folks. And you want to know why much of this began? Or you want to know the primary reason that groups like American Family Association, American Family Radio are beginning to build our own internet ecosystem that we control, that we structure? Is because the left and the God-haters have spent 10 years canceling Christians deplatforming people they don't like, all for politics, all for ideological purposes. And we got tired of being canceled. We got tired of having our subscriptions canceled because people don't like us. So what are we doing? What are Christians doing? We are building our own internet. We are building our own ecosystem that we control, that Christians run. See you next time on The Court. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.